This episode of The Better Business Show is sponsored by Narrative Matters, creating content that sings for organisations that want to change the world. For more details about how we can help you develop amazing content that really works, check out narrativematters.co.uk. Hello, welcome to The Better Business Show with me, Tom Idle. Thanks for tuning in. Coming up this week. But if I was a European commissioner, I would say exactly the same because nobody is clarifying exactly what a circular economy and what is a circular product. Reen Otto is going to tell us exactly what a circular economy is. He's joined by Iris van der Rooy from Dutch Awareness. All of that coming up. Stay tuned. Yes, thank you for coming back. This is episode three of The Better Business Show. Um, Now, this time we're going to be looking at the circular economy. And before you all reach for your headsets and your iPads and your iPhones to switch me off, I promise you it's more interesting than it sounds. Uh, The two subjects of today's show will explain what we mean by the circular economy, and they'll do a better job of that than I will. But basically, a circular economy is an economy where nothing, or at least very little, is seen as waste. So when something, a product is conceived, uh, how it's actually disposed of is actually already being considered right at the start. So that we can create an endless loop of uh, products and goods that instead of ending up in the bin or into landfill, just get reused or recycled or renewed. So you get this constant flow, hence the, the term circularity. And it's, it's not as sort of far-fetched as it might sound. And there's already some great examples out there where companies are starting to think differently about products and how they're made. Uh, and if you've got a moment, uh, have a look at some of the things that the, the uh, Veolia, the resource management company Veolia, the French company, is doing. Uh, no longer is Veolia just taking rubbish away and either recycling it or, or putting it into landfill. Now it's actually producing products made from the stuff that would not usually have had a second or third or fourth or fifth life. And it's working with a number of partners to bring new products to market that begin life at the rubbish tip. So I'll give you an example, single-use carrier bags. Now, we here in the UK are thinking more and more about plastic bag use than we've ever done before because we're being asked for the first time to actually pay for them. Uh, but when plastic bags um, end up in, in the, uh, the, the rubbish tip, they are a real pain to recycle, so inevitably they end up in landfill. Uh, According to Veolia, in England alone, there's over 8 billion plastic carrier bags being used every year, and I'm sure that will certainly be reduced in England now the charges has come in. Um, but, But Veolia has worked up a way of recycling plastic bags back into the black sacks, the refuse sacks that we that we use to line our kitchen bins. They call them bag-to-bag. So they collect used bags from their sites or from retailers and they take them to one of their recycling partners and then the bags are washed and they're processed and they're turned into these kind of tiny pellets which are then used to, to manufacture bin bags. Um, 
So, uh, you know, and it's something they're trialling in the London borough of Southwark and they're looking to roll this out. But it's a brilliant, brilliant example and, and really sort of brings the whole concept of, of a circular economy to life. There's a fantastic PDF download on the Veolia website. So if you just search for leading the circular economy uh, on the Veolia site, it's brilliant. It's full of great examples of how the company's starting to do things differently. Uh, and bag to bag is just one of, of a number that, that are worth looking at if you're interested in this sort of thing. But while there are you know, great examples out there, this way of thinking in this kind of circular fashion rather than a, a sort of traditional linear fashion is still in its infancy, really. Um, the European Commission, uh, just before Christmas, published what it's calling its circular economy package, uh, which is a kind of a, 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 kind of a toolkit of policies which are designed to really support companies that want to adopt more circular business models. Um, it's a package that was fairly warmly received before Christmas, um, but its impact is still unknown. Shifting to new models and, and new ways of doing things often seems too much of a leap for most companies. On today's show, we're going to meet a company that has built its whole business on the circular economy model. The business is called Dutch Awareness, um, and it's been around since 2012. So not exactly a new kid on the block, but they offer a wonderful example of how the concept of circularity can be used to create positive change in a sector that is often derided for its waste contribution, and that sector is fashion and clothing. So let's find out a bit more about Dutch Awareness. So I'm joined on the line now by Reen Otto, founder of Dutch Awareness, and Iris Van, Van Rooij, uh, the company's communications manager. Reen, Iris, thank you for joining us. Hello. You're Hello. Welcome. Thank, thank you. you. Now, it says on your website that you're pioneers and front runners in circular chain management for the textile industry. Now, talk of the circular economy can always be quite confusing. Uh, so if, if there are listeners out there that are coming to this for the first time, maybe we can explain what you mean by the circular economy, because obviously the concept of circularity has been around for years now in different guises, whether it's the, the three R's or designing for life or something else. Um, so, yes, let's start with a simple one. What is the circular economy? Circular economy, on, on the basis, is the reuse of products. Yeah, it's, it's not about recycling because everybody is talking about circular economy is recycling of, no, it's reusable of materials. That's what it is. Sure. You reuse your material over and over again. And what role are you playing at Dutch Awareness? How do you sit in this new economy? What are you doing? Uh, I think what, what we have done, it's in, in the context of an European project that uh, wants to have a, uh, just a good overview of what is happening within the circular economy and what is circular economy, is that we started to make a, a new raw material. It's a special polyester. And from this polyester we made a yarn. From the yarn we made a product for corporate wear and workwear. And after use of this, pro uh, this product, we are taking it back, making it reuse again. So we shredder it, we melt it down, making the yarn out of it. From the yarn, we make a fabric, and from the fabric, we make again a product. And and you make it sound incredibly easy. Is is it? What is the process tough? Well, it is all about the process. Once you have that, uh, once you have the chain in place, it's not that easy as everyone may think. But. It is uh, more difficult to get the right partners because in the end the, the whole chain is about partnerships and 
uh, finding uh, the right people and the right materials and the right tools to close the chain is, is the challenge. Well, I think we, I'm always saying when I get, get, give a big speech, it's 20% about the material and the product and 80% of managing your, your chain. I think right. that's, that's what circular economy is, managing what you are doing. Okay. And so you're concentrating on uh, corporate workwear. What's the sort of specific need that you've identified that you want to tackle there? Yeah, the specific need was that most of the time uh, workwear and corporate wear is made 40% uh, of cotton and 60% uh, of polyester. So if you want to try to recycle that or reuse it again as a new yarn, uh, it's going to be impossible. So that, that was the, especially the, what we have to tackle the is making a material who has this, uh, the same properties as polyester cotton, but then making it from 100% polyester. Okay. And you've also developed this, uh, what you call a track and trace system, uh, where you can kind of follow the, the raw materials at every stage of the chain. Tell me, tell me how that works and why that's important. Well, in order to uh, guarantee the reuse of the products, it is important to know uh, where your products are located in the chain. Um, so basically that is what uh, our circular content management system does. It, uh, it gives you a transparent ID of uh, who is working on your product in the chain. Uh, it also um, explains to the consumer which materials have been used and what the environmental impact has been uh, you know, with the production of the product. And, um, so it's basically it's really track and trace. You can see the real-time location of the, all the products and the materials in the, in the chain, and you know uh, the whole process of the product. How does the how does your commercial model work? A company will come to you. You will create uh, workwear for them, uh, and then they just send it back to you after it's come to the end of life, and you kind of you can renew it and send it back to them. How does it work? We work with uh, resellers, so we have our uh, partners um, who uh, basically um, help us with production but also sell the clothing to the end user and they um, have uh, a clausule in the, in the contract that states that they have to bring the products back to the reseller and then the reseller sends the product back to us and we take care of the recycling process. Okay. And, and Reen, when did the, the idea for Dutch Awareness come from? I know that you've been around since 2012 as, as, a, as a business, but you were working as a, a fashion designer, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. I'm in fashion, uh, I think about uh, now, 40 years already. So oh, I'm, right. now I, I just started this project. Uh, uh, I had another scheme was with uh, people who are running and getting extra money with Ali Gabe Selassie, was a runner in Ethiopia. So we tried to get some extra money uh, to start up uh, an hospital and a school in Ethiopia. And on a certain moment we went to Ethiopia and to start up the school and then we saw that the land was all filled with old clothing, so landfilling. So and on that moment I thought, okay, I'm doing something wrong as a designer, so I have to take care of the products that we are making in fashion. So slowly we started in within like biocotton, then you get um, cradle to cradle, uh, climate neutral and at the end uh, we finished with what we are doing right now trying to work within the circular economy right right it's a connection of a lot of things I think that's most of the time also the discussion if you talk about circular economy it's not only the reuse it's like the business models it's taking care being transparent I think that's the mix-up of circular economy 
Yeah, sure. I mean, thinking about you know the world of fashion, and and all I see when I think of fashion is is waste, and all of those you know youngsters going into Primark or Topshop here in the UK at the weekends and and buying all these clothes, and and they've got a wardrobe of full of clothes they don't really wear at home. Um, how do you convince consumers about the need to kind of reduce waste? Because you know it just seems that right now consumers don't really care about this stuff. Uh, I, I'm not sure. I think uh, here with the Netherlands, people are aware what they are doing. But the only difference is when you're going to change from what you're doing now, buying by Primark or H&M, and buying another product. So it's not about the consumer because the awareness is there. But I think it's more about the, the responsibility of the brands, what they are doing. Mm. Because they are making the decisions of making this kind of clothing in a low price. Mm-hmm. And I think there's the big profit. We have to talk with the, the brands and they have to change. And then the customer will change also. Because for consumers, it's quite hard to tell now which brand is, actually, is acting responsibly and which uh, brands are not. So therefore, we also think that this track and trace system is important so that they have the knowledge about the products. Yeah, and, and of course, especially young people, they are trained by consumers. So they only want to consume, 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 and to to change that to another way, that's not so uh, not so easy. And that, that's I think one of the biggest targets from the circular economy, because we can't stop consuming of of the of the of the customer because he wants to consume. The only thing that really what we have to do also in fashion is to make the product in a way that they still can consume and take it back and reuse it for a new garment, and then we solve all, also the the problem. So if we look at a company like H&M or Primark, I mean, are they even thinking about the sorts of things that you guys are thinking about? I, I think so, in a competitive way, I'm sure. Yes. Well, H&M has launched uh, a competition. Um, they have offered a prize of, I think, 1 million euros uh, to brands uh, to make a circular solution for the textile industry. So they are researching it, but, and they have a conscious collection as well. So they are making steps, and, uh, and that's very good because they have the impact in the end. Mm. We still have a long way to go. That's the marketing talking, being nice to H&M. So <laughs> I'm the guy, and I'm saying, go on, change it. You know what you are doing, change it. It's about the new business models who are coming on. It's something that we are looking also, because right now we are selling the clothing, and uh, so that the, our customer will be the owner, and what we are stating it must uh, will be much more easier if we only sell them the uh, how do you call it the, performance yeah the use of the of the product so it's something different so if you want to for example you want to have a suit from us we say okay you're gonna have a suit what do you want uh, I want this I want to wear it for two years. And then we say, okay, then you're paying for the use. You are not buying the, the suit for like 300 euros. No, you are paying like 15 or 20 euros each month for using the suit. And afterwards, it will be, come back to us. And we will recycle it for a new uh, yarn and a, a new material. So that will give you a new flow of consumers using a product that you can reuse or update again and again. Yeah. And it's, conv- it's convincing people that these models, that, that, you know, that they work and they're viable, isn't it? Yeah, and, and the, the biggest discussion that we have right now, because normally when we have an order, uh, we go to the bank and they do pre-financing this order. 
So we can make it and we sell it to the customer. The customer will pay us and we will pay the prefinancing back to the bank. But if we do it like in a lease construction, there is no bank who's going to loan you the money for two years. And that, that's, I think that's where McKenzie and Ellen McCartan Foundation is talking about how to organize that one because it's disruptive for the bank, uh, the bank people because it's something, a total new way of thinking of, it's not about selling, buying, selling, buying, but it's about like a lease model and that's something totally different. And do you find yourself going to events and, and, and still you're still very much in kind of education mode where you're, you're trying to convince? Are you still there? No, 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 no. We, we are doing business right now. Sure, but, but are you still having to sort of try and convince and educate as well as try and win business and, and you know, satisfy yeah. orders? You're still in that kind of education mode. Yeah, because most of the people don't know what, what is circular economy and they don't know what kind of routing you have to do. You, uh, they don't know how to organize their chain. I have, sometimes have problems with McKinsey and Ellen McCartan Foundation, the uh, circular economy, because they are making it very, very difficult. Mm. It's not so difficult. It's just making a choice. It's like what, what I told you about H&M. Uh, they are still making T-shirts in Bangladesh, because, and we know that it's not safe. Mm. So they only have to make a decision not to do it. That's it. Sure, sure. It's yeah. nothing more than that. Because in the circular economy, you will see a lot of entrepreneurs. Like SMEs, they are entrepreneurs and they do a startup. And there are not enough uh, entrepreneurs. There are not enough people who are willing to do something different. That's, that's the biggest problem in, in Europe. If you look mm. at America, I think it was 30% more entrepreneurs in America than in Europe. Is that right? Wow. So in, uh, here in Europe, when you get bankrupt, you have a big problem because the next 20 years, if you want to loan something or you tell it to somebody, they say, ooh, you went bankrupt. If you go to America and you go bankrupt, they say, oh, very good guy. You learned very good. So next step, let's do it again. It's, that are the problems here in Europe. Yeah. So we need, more, we need more entrepreneurs taking a chance on this. Yeah. yeah. Let's make it. We always say, uh, uh, learn from your mistakes. You have to make mistakes and learn from it, and then you can do, go to the next level. And here you can't make any mistakes, and if you can't make any mistakes, you can't learn. Mm. And that's the biggest problem that we have. So we need these entrepreneurs that you'll say, okay, let's try it. Oh, I failed, but I learned this. I will do it again. And maybe you fail six times. I, when I've got a lecture, I will always say, okay, most probably you have to fail six times, but the seventh time, you will be a success. Look at the, the airplane. The guys who made it, so the mm. first 10 times, <laughs> they didn't get higher than one meter, but they learned, and then at the end, we are flying everybody. Yeah. And that, that's the problem that, and that, that with McKenzie and with Ellen McCartney, they are still in the modus of, of, of linear thinking, organizing everything, no mistakes, be careful, and we have to forget that one. Just let's go for it. What about you, Iris? What What's your background? What brought you to Dutch Awareness? Um, I've uh, done a bachelor's in uh, communications management. Uh, and afterwards, I've continued uh, my studies and uh, wrote a thesis uh, about ethical fashion. Uh, so I, I was actually looking for a way to combine these two interests, the cultural industries, fashion and communications. And uh, 
that's how I ended up at uh, Dutch Uranus. Just going back to the, the, the whole concept of, of circular economy, and we hear time and again about the potential value of, of creating this new economy. Uh, McKinsey, Ellen MacArthur Foundation are constantly issuing kind of, you know, uh, the latest guidance and, and, and sort of stats around how much it might be worth. I think the latest that they said it might be worth $630 billion by the end of 2025. Uh, there's obviously a, a, a big potential here, but are things moving quick enough, do you think? I, I, at first, I think it's paper. What McKinsey is writing down, it's just paper. And if you really look in what's going on right now, in really workable things in products, uh, it's, we are still poor in the products that we can bring into the market. I was Monday at the AU at a big conference as a speaker, and there were a lot of innovations, innovations with good products, what you can use in the circular economy. So, and at the end, to bring this product into the market, it's almost impossible. So we have a big problem because we are talking about circular economy and forgetting doing circular economy. So for me, it's nothing more than paper, what they are stating. Now, of course, if we change, there will be a, a big market, but then we are talking about the business models, like that's what they are doing. I think about lease models and reuse models, things like that. But it's a long way. If we stay on the same level, I don't think we're going to change in 2027 20, or 2030, 2040. Mm. It's too much paper and too much talking. Well, because I look at your, your kind of current client base on your website and companies like Desso and, and Royal Haskening and, and others, and, and you can see that those are clients that are progressive, enlightened businesses. They get it. But, but how do you kind of reach out to convince the hundreds of thousands of other businesses out there that that are not really on board with this yet? Is, is it just too much of a leap of faith for these guys to, to think differently and, and shift business models? I, I think it's, it's very complicated because in one part, uh, I think 70% of all the companies who are going and we are working with, they are doing because they're going to get an extra profit. It's very easy when uh, you uh, reuse your materials, the price of the materials will go down, so the product will go down. So that's a profit really a benefit for the company who is wearing our clothing. Then you have another one is that, for example, especially in the Netherlands, when you are sustainable, you get extra points if you have like a tender uh, for the government. So you, you, you have to find a way to, to, to balance it. But most of the time, and that's I think still uh, the, the biggest problem, is that there's no extra incentive uh, Incentive. Incentive in like taxes. So mm. by the end, uh, our European Union has to make this kind of tools that if you are using circular economy products, uh, that you get a discount on your taxes. And that will give it the flow to start it up because we are talking about starting up. And then it will be a normal product. As a case, here in the Netherlands, when we started with the hybrid cars, if you bought a hybrid car, you get a, a discount on your taxes. So everybody was buying the hybrid car. And after four years, we stopped with the, uh, with the extra support of the taxes, and still everybody is using the hybrid car of uh, Toyota. So right. some, this kind of tools must be organized to get in the big loop. Yeah. I, I, again. And are you hopeful that, that you know, policymakers will catch up and, and you will have those sorts of incentives put in place? Obviously, before Christmas, we had the, the European Commission's circular economy package uh, what did you make of that? And, and, and do you think that you know there's enough being done by by 
you know that type of stimulus. It was McKinsey and Ellen McCartan Foundation. So there's no stimulants in it to go to the circular economy. It's it's more like okay, let's try to do something, but we don't know what to do it, and it's very very difficult. So we can't make any decisions. But if there are some some tools on to start it up, we maybe would like to try to use it. Mm. And it was disappointing, to be honest. Right. But I think everybody was agreed. But if I was a European commissioner, I would say exactly the same because nobody is clear of exactly what is circular economy and what is a circular product. Mm. So, and they don't get make, can't make any legislation because it's not clear. Because Ellen McCartney is saying this. They are stating right now that it's better to reuse, 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 like a, a jeans, use it with six different customers. That's circular economy. Uh, McKenzie is stating you have to do this. So it's not clear. And then it's difficult for policymakers to make a decision. And in the meantime, it's down to businesses like yours to just get on with it and stop talking about it, but actually prove yeah. prove the concept, which is what you're doing a fantastic job of. Uh, your, your clients are obviously you know, loving what you're doing for them. Why do you think you've had the success you've had so far? What is it that you think that has been a key to that? Uh, we have actually looked at the performance they needed. For example, we have a client uh, called Geo Refrigeration. And um, we uh, sat down, you know, with, with their employees and uh, looked at the, the work activities they had. And um, we, we felt that we need to have one step higher in performance, but also in design. And, you know, worker often, um, you know, can look a bit dull, but we felt uh, that we actually need to respond to their needs. And, and this personal approach has been very successful. And also, um, yeah, they are very interested in corporate social responsibility in general, and they want to promote that, um, you know, for their company. And this is like a low-hanging fruit also for them to show that they are active in this field. And that is also important for them. And um, as we also said, they can get additional points in tenders if they are acting in a responsible way. And this is one way to prove that. Yeah, in but, this case. but the biggest one was that we made for them the Rolls Royce under the corporate wear. And that's why they are our customers. We had the right price, we were competitive, and we made something beautiful and good. Mm. That's the success, I think, that, 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 that's what we're aiming on. Making it better than everybody else, just as a normal economy. Yeah, so not only sustainable, but also offer a premium product. Yeah. Sure, sure. So it's, got, it's got to look good as well. This is exactly, this is, yeah. yeah, that's right. And and can you actually quantify the sort of impact that you've had as a as a business on on those waste numbers? Can you quantify like, how much stuff you've kind of diverted from landfill at all? Or? Well, EcoChain Technologies has conducted a life cycle analysis for us, uh, and they have shown that we uh, save about fifty percent water, twenty percent in CO two, and uh, yeah, we. Uh, aim to eliminate waste. I mean, of course, you, you still have buttons and all that, and you cannot uh, really, really recycle them easily, but we also look for solutions for that. And we uh, are going to work with removable yarns, because uh, you also have, for example, striping on the workwear. Uh, and so we, uh, yeah, we want to go for the 100%. So what's next for Dutch Awareness? What's the plan for this year and, and kind of beyond? Like you are British, you want to rule the oceans, the sea, and we want to rule the world and show them exactly 
okay, um, let's do it on this way. Uh, the, the knowledge that we have, the materials we're having, the close look what we are doing, we will share it with everybody and hopefully will this year will be the next step from uh, linear economy to circular economy. Sure. And I think it's going to happen. Great. Well, I love what you. I love what you're doing. Before before we go, how can our audience find out more about what you guys are up to? Have you are you on the usual places, Twitter and Facebook and all that sort of stuff? Yes, of course, we have a website. We're gonna release a new website in a few months as well. And uh, yeah, so uh, you will see all the resources. Call us. Uh, we're gonna be at several events in the coming months. Okay, so everyone sort of should look out for you. Excellent. Um, yeah. Great. Well, I think it's brilliant what you're doing. And, you know, whenever I hear an example of sort of circular economy, I just think, well, this is so cool and it's just what everyone should be doing. And, and I, I wish you all the best with it. And uh, it's great to hear about Dutch Awareness. Thank you for joining us. Okay, Thank you for having welcome. us. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Brilliant and rather animated Reen Otto and Iris van Varrui from Dutch Awareness there. The world needs more entrepreneurs doing great things, says Rian, and uh, what the circular economy movement needs is less talk and debate and academic research and more doing. Take note, Ellen MacArthur. As ever, we have uh, show notes online with some pics of Iris and Otto and all the links and the reference points discussed in today's show so just head over to narrativematters.co.uk slash better business and you'll find all the information you need we've got some great organizations lined up to feature on the better business show in the next few months and weeks ahead some real dynamite businesses but we're always keen to learn of others out there so if there's an organization that you've come across that deserves to be featured on the show please do let us know just send me an email tom idle at narrativematters.co.uk Maybe it's your business that you want to feature. Uh, just get in touch with me. In the meantime, you can find us on iTunes where you can subscribe to the show. We're also available on SoundCloud if that is your preferred media player. If you like what you're hearing on this show, please do tell your friends, your family, your colleagues all about us and encourage them to subscribe also. And of course, there are updates on the show via my Twitter feed, so follow me at Tom Idol. So please do that and Thanks again for tuning in. The next episode will be available on Monday and every Monday going forward. So please do look out for us. Until next time, goodbye.